We'd like to welcome you back to our current event and weekly Bible study for August 23rd, 2015. And we're going to switch gears here now. The next report, we're going to, and I've been kind of covering this ongoing almost every week to a certain extent because we're, we're coming upon now the month of, of September. And uh, just more and more stuff that I'm seeing regarding this uh, every single day pretty much. This report is entitled September Doomsday and Apocalypse. Expert predicts crisis of epic proportions. Um, there will be panic in the streets from Wall Street to Shanghai. And this is by Peter Schiff. He says that we're on the verge of a much, much worse financial crisis than we went through in 2008. And it's going to take the form of a currency crisis. You're talking about currency wars, which is, you know, it's what we've been reporting on for probably years at this point. Uh, America's going to win the currency war, which is a race to the bottom, though. And you don't want to win a currency war because a currency war is different from most wars in that the objective is to kill yourself and unfortunately we're going to succeed. Peter Schiff, financial guru, expert guy. Uh, a variety of financial news came out over the weekend and this morning which perhaps explains the overwhelming amount of ink dedicated to the September apocalypse in recent months. The Telegraph reports that, which is a news publication, reports that the central bankers have, quote, lost control. And the doomsday clock for the global market crash strikes one minute to midnight, detailing a convergence of events that have occurred over the, past, over the last months, to which trends forecaster Gerald Salenti asserts will lead to panic in the streets from Wall Street to Shanghai uh, from, and from the U.K. down to Brazil, as we see one market after another beginning to collapse. Analyst Larry Edelson predicts the financial crisis will be of epic proportions and will bring Europe, Japan, and the United States to their knees, sending nearly 1 billion human beings on a roller coaster ride through chaos for the next five years, a ride like no generation has ever seen. And again, like today I got up and I just looked at a lot of the news reports and it's all the same stuff coming from all these um, financial guru guys. I mean, <laughs> same stuff. Currency collapse, dollar collapse, currency wars. I mean, it's just, um, it's all I'm seeing. Canadian entrepreneur and editor of the Dollar Vigilante, Jeff Berwick, touches on, touches on time frame issues, stating there's, there's enough going on in September to have me incredibly curious and concerned about what is going to happen. Uh, Sputnik News informs us that market participants are predicting a 40% 6% probability of a September hike, which will trigger uh, a dollar sell-off, which could drop to 20%, I guess, of its levels now after the expected announcement. Well, that would be an 80% devaluation of the dollar. While the world may not end in September, financial experts from across the spectrum are predicting not just a U.S. economy collapse, but for a global total global economic apocalypse. Looking at the Telegraph's article, we see a large list from the commodity collapse where Bloomberg Bloomberg Global Commodity Index, which tracks the prices of 22 commodity prices, fell to levels last seen at the beginning of the century, shown in the chart below. And the chart's right here. I have it in the uh, PDF here. Uh, to the resource sector crisis. To the credit markets roll over and more and as the dominoes begin to fall fast and hard. Uh, Peter Schiff, CEO of Euro Pacific Capital and best-selling author 
with a spokesperson on Newsmax TV on Tuesday, he's, um, he was saying attention to China's devaluation shouldn't be the focus, and attention should be on the impending U.S. dollar collapse. So this move was motivated not only by the exchange rate between the yuan and the dollar, which I've been talking a lot about lately, but between the yuan and all the other currencies because the dollar is in a bubble right now, he said. The dollar is very overvalued. The dollar is a bubble. This dollar bubble is going to burst. Schiff joins the discussion uh, at approximately the 155 mark in the video we're going to be looking at here. Uh, note at the 450 mark where Schiff discusses the amount of gold in China is accumulating and why. In the discussion the importance of investing in precious metals, Schiff asserts that to get out of the dollar before the bottom drops out. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and roll that video now. Welcome back to Newsmax Prime. Today, China devalued its currency in response to its failing economy. John Bachman has more. Some financial experts are calling it an act of war, a currency war to be exact. Think about it. China needs to up its exports to improve its sagging economy. So by making its currency less valuable compared to other global currencies, China can make products manufactured in other parts of the world effectively more expensive and harder to export. That's the simple part, but there's much more to it than that. And that's why the world economy is reacting with such great concern today. China has rattled the global economy. The 2% devaluation of the yuan has already pushed the U.S. dollar higher, and right away, U.S. stock indices dropped more than 1%. Global equity markets also fell sharply. Oil sank even further. It also raised fears about a new currency war as other nations devalue simply to compete with China, and there are political implications. Donald Trump says China's surprise move is going to have a huge impact. They're just destroying us. Our currency is going up, which sounds good, but actually, if you look at what it's doing to our country, and they're cutting their currency, they keep devaluing their currency until they get it right. They, they're doing a big cut in the yuan, and that's going to, it's going to be devastating for us. According to the Wall Street Journal, the most immediate effect is that it signals to the world that Beijing thinks the Chinese economy is sputtering. The move suggests China is looking for ways to get it going again, but it also has major implications for the U.S. and other countries that trade with China because it puts their companies at a disadvantage. The move could also add some tension when President Xi Jinping visits the United States in September. Back to you. Thanks very much, John. For more on this story, let's bring in Peter Schiff, the CEO of Euro-Pacific Capital. He joins us via Skype from Connecticut. We heard Donald Trump say this will be devastating to the U.S. Peter, do you agree with that assessment? No, there are a lot of problems for the U.S., but this is not one of them. You know, China's economy is not failing. And this is a small devaluation, 2%. The Chinese currency has increased in value dramatically over the past several years, along with the U.S. dollar. So this move was motivated not by the exchange rate between the yuan and the dollar, but between the yuan and all the other currencies, because the dollar is in a bubble right now. The dollar is very overvalued, and since the yuan was pegged to the dollar, that currency rose along with the dollar. So this is a very small devaluation, which I think is only temporary, because I believe the dollar is a bubble. In fact, the dollar was actually down today against the euro. It was only up against some of the commodity currencies and the yuan. But I think this dollar bubble is going to burst. Our economy is in much worse shape than the Chinese economy. 
I think the Fed is going to be forced to admit this. I think they're not going to be raising interest rates. I think they're going to be doing QE4. That's going to sink the dollar. And then the Chinese are going to have to revalue their currency much higher in the future against the dollar. And it's the dollar collapsing that's going to hurt the U.S., uh, not, the, not this le recent move by China. So in, the, in the everyday language, this devaluation of the yuan is not that big a deal, but you really see the American dollar collapsing. Absolutely. I mean, it's propped up based on hope, based on hype, based on speculation. We have an enormous trade deficit, you know, with China. Obviously, the Chinese economy is better than ours. They produce all the things that we can't produce. All the goods that Americans want to consume, they're made in China. We don't make anything the Chinese want to consume. I mean, I guess some motion pictures and music, but that's about it. You know, all the real products are manufactured over there. Their economy is far more powerful, far more dynamic than the American economy. That's why we have these big deficits. But people believe in the myth of this U.S. economy. They believe that this bubble is genuine. They made the same mistake in the late 1990s. They made the same mistake, you know, before the financial crisis of 2008. They're making a mistake again. We are on the verge of a much worse financial crisis than the one we went through in 2008, and it's going to take the form of a currency crisis. You're talking about currency wars. America is going to win the currency war, which is a race to the bottom, right? And you don't want to win a currency war because a currency war is different from most wars in that the object is to kill yourself. And unfortunately, we're going to succeed. And mindful of that, internationally, does that mean the yuan replaces the dollar as uh, the international base currency? We've got about a minute left. It very well may. Who knows? I mean, I think the Chinese are accumulating a lot of gold. I think they're, you know... Now, remember, that's what we've been talking about a lot lately, where, you know, China's already put out billboards in the Orient, Orient saying that, you know, the Yuan Renimbi, you know, the New World's Reserve Currency with gold backing. I mean, they've already made this announcement. So, it really seems that it's all moving in that direction. Being very quiet about how much gold they're buying. In fact, I think they're deliberately misrepresenting uh, how much their gold holdings have increased. They are taking advantage of the weakness, recent weakness in the price of gold to buy more. And by the way, the gold was up today. Not only was it up big in terms of the yuan, but it rose in terms of the dollar as well. And so for stateside investors and interested folks, bottom line is to get back to precious metals. 20 seconds, Peter. Yeah, take advantage of the overvalued dollar by selling into it, buy gold while it's on sale, buy foreign assets, buy foreign stocks, get out of the dollar before the bottom drops out. All right, Peter Schiff, the bottom didn't drop out, but we lost your picture via Skype. However, we got your excellent advice, and we always appreciate your point of view. Thanks again. So, you heard what Peter had to say. What do you think of this currency war? We'd love... Okay, so we have that particular video there. Uh, now, to add to what we're talking about here, and we have this report that broke this week. Bombshell. China, America, China and America already at war. The Tianjin explosion carried out by the Pentagon space weapon in retaliation for the Yuan currency devaluation. Um, this is from uh, Mike Adams. Um, mainland Chinese dissidents have handed natural news the following bombshell story. The Tianjin explosion was waged to act like, act as a kinetic retaliation. Kinetic means energy, okay? 
essentially is what the word means, by the Pentagon in response to China's currency war, yuan devaluation. According to dissident sources from the mainland China, the Chinese government has put in place unprecedented secrecy surrounding the mysterious explosion and aggressive police state tactics are now being invoked to control the flow of information surrounding this event. Last week's explosion sent massive fireballs into the sky um, and hurled burning debris across the industrial area at the world's 10th largest port, burning out buildings and shattering windows kilometers away, reports the Daily Mail UK. Chinese government official explanation for the explosion, which has now killed 114, and it's probably killed way more than that, is a complete whitewash. China is going to declare regional martial law in the next eight days um, natural news has learned in order to exercise total control over the movement of people and information the government has banned reporters from entering the area and has begun arresting bloggers who promote what the government calls quote conspiracy theories regarding the cause of the massive explosion China has blacked out reporting on Tianjin in exactly the same way the US media blacked out reporting on Dr. William Thompson the CDC whistleblower who admitted the CDC buried evidence linking vaccines to autism. In both China and the United States, when the government doesn't want the citizens to know something, it censors the story across the entire state-run media, invoking information totalitarianism. Both before and after massive explosions, um, the, after the massive explosion, the Chinese government has been flying black helicopters in formation across Beijing. Chinese dissidents took numerous photos of these helicopters and were able to deliver these exclu exclusive pictures to Natural News. I guess he has a connection in there. Um, Chinese dissidents have told Natural News that they have a reason to believe the attack on Tianjin is a warning shot from the United States, which is terrified that China is on the verge of announcing its own gold-backed currency. Remember what we were just saying? while declaring a fire sale on U.S. debt holdings, who they hold more than anybody on the planet. Um, so, you know, I don't know. It seems like, again, it's all moving in that direction. The, and, and America did this in order to prevent that, or as a warning shot, uh, to prevent that from happening. The actions would collapse the U.S. dollar and destroy the U.S. economy sending the United States into an economic freefall. The, quote, rod of God weapon deployed by the U.S. Pentagon, we're told, was America's shot across the bow to send a powerful warning message to China while disguising the attack as a domestic chemical explosion. They're saying it was a domestic chemical explosion. You look at the pictures of this thing, this crater in the ground, I mean, there's no way it was some chemical explosion. I mean, this is unreal, these pictures of this. I mean, it is an incredibly deep uh, crater here, it looks to be. Um, and I'm going to get into that a little bit more here soon. Timeline of events. As China devalues the currency, then the Pentagon strikes in mere hours. Consider the calendar of events in all this. August 11, 2015, China devalues the yuan. And, and the pictures are here in the PDF, too. So, you know, uh, the China devalues the yuan by 1.9%, sending shockwaves around the world and setting off a devastating impact to the U.S. economy. Um, then the next day, August 12, 2015, Tianjin struck by the Pentagon's secret rod of God weapon, a space-based top kinetic weapon that can be dropped from high orbit to strike uh, almost any land-based target. 
The weapon instantly destroys six city blocks on the edge of the city of Tianjin, sending a message to China that's eerily similar to the message sent by the United States in the dropping of the world's first atomic weapons on Hiroshima and Nagasaki in World War II. And then we go four days later, August 16, 2015, Obama issues a stern warning about the presence of Chinese government agents operating secretly in the United States, reports the New York Times. And it comes... Um, I'm sorry, I lost my space there. Okay, sorry. Uh, and it comes at a time of growing tension between Washington and Beijing on a number of issues, from the computer theft of millions of government personnel files that America officials suspect was directed by China, to China's uh, crackdown on civil liberties, to the, de to the devaluation of currency. Okay, so going further, the Rod of God weapon consists primarily of a kinetic weapon arriving with unimaginable kinetic energy. Kinetic being like the war, another way of uh, saying energy. More than a small tactical nuclear weapon, in fact, giving its appearance of a tactical nuke. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty amazing. The U.S. websites are now speculating that the Tianjin explosion was a U.S.-based space-based weapon test involving the Rod of God weapon dropped from orbit. The resulting lake or crater in China proves a five-ton, five-kiloton blast. Uh, they're saying possibly nuclear, possibly from a space-based Rod of God. I doubt they're going to drop a nuke right in the middle. I think it's more this Rod of God weapon. Um... The, and they're literally in space. These this rod of God. They're they're in space, and um, like in a satellite that's orbiting the planet. After looking through the images of the Soviet nuclear test, the new lake in China appears to have been made by a slightly subsurface burst of at least a five kiloton nuclear bomb. This was not an accident, and the fracture pattern around the crater proves a subground burst. If it was a subground burst, then a small nuclear weapon is the biggest possibility. And if it was not a nuke, it was something else incredibly huge, but not an air fuel bomb, because air fuel bombs will not leave craters like that. Um, Space-based kinetic weapons dropped onto targets are explained by popular science article from 2004, where it says, when instructed from the ground, the targeting satellite commands the guided rods to enter the atmosphere protected by thermal coating, traveling at 36,000 feet per second, comparable to that, that of a speed of a meteor. The result, complete devastation of the target, even if it's buried deep underground. This is the uh, Rod of God. Um, I don't like the name, but it's what they call it, a uh, weapon here. Martial law will be declared across Beijing in the coming days. Dissidents have told Natural News. Now, whether that happens or not, who knows. But meanwhile, the Chinese government, which runs a massive state-controlled firewall that snoops into all internet traffic and blocks VPN access, has added Tianjin is a red flag keyword in its internet traffic filtering. Meaning you can't even research about it. Local poli police raids have already begun at locations of bloggers and independent journalists who have attempted to report true stories on what actually happened in Tianjin. Um, the Chinese government is engaged in a total cover-up. And I think a lot of it, if this were the case, if, if America did do this, they're doing it to save face. They're doing it so they don't look like they had no power to prevent this. Because then that makes them look vulnerable. It makes them look weak. And especially in that part of the world, they, they don't want to appear that way. It's, you know... 
that super machismo, you know, save face type type of attitude that they have. So going forward, uh, Natural News has learned that China, Chinese government is now setting up roadside checkpoints near and around Tianjin in Beijing. Additional security measures are now in place to control the movement of people, which include all hotels are reporting details of visitors to the government, including passport numbers, nationalities, names, phone calls made from rooms. So I guess if, if they're figuring if there was any spies in the area, they want to root them out and, you know, capture them. And then also tourists who don't stay in hotels are now required to register with local police or risk arrest. The Chinese government has mandated that it must know the location of every person at all times. Talk about a control freak, horrific, hellish existence. Um, red armbands are now being worn by workers to indicate they are serving as Stasi-like obedient police uh, brown shirt snitches. The red armbands indicate total obedience to the government. And the workers wearing them have all been trained on how to spot dissident behavior. <laughs> this is coming to America here, I imagine. It's China's version of if you see something, say something, just as was pushed in the United States. Well, this is way worse than it is here, at least now. Um, in preparation for China's September 3rd celebration for the defeat of the Japanese occupation, it's the 70th anniversary. China has banned Japanese writing in most of its large cities. Okay, so China hates Japan. Okay, still to this day. They even so much so that they have a September 3rd celebration for the defeat of Japan occupation. It's 70th anniversary. They've banned Japanese writing in most of its large cities. Government propaganda runs 24-7 condemning the Japanese and the horrifying war crimes committed by the Japanese soldiers against China. Um, while it's true the Japanese committed unimaginable atrocities such as mass raping of women and then chopping them into pieces with machetes to destroy the evidence. So that did happen. And they're not letting it go. So remember that when we get to the next stuff that we're talking about, how China hates Japan. Uh, helicopter patrols are now routinely witnessed across Beijing and Tianjin, where military choppers are flying in formation as a show of strength. Massive populations of laborers are now living in underground cities uh, underneath the clean, high-tech buildings of Beijing that seem like world-class architectural achievements. If this covert war between China and the United States continues to escalate, it would ultimately devastate the economies of both nations. Both China and the USA are currently experiencing shockwaves in their stock markets as bubble economies built on debt begin to unravel. In these times of shaky financial foundations, it doesn't take much to topple people's faith and unleash a mass exodus away from currencies and markets. It's also clear that the United States considers currency games to be acts of war uh, while justifying their kinetic responses to such events, meaning this broad of God thing. This is all fully aligned with the government's policy set in motion by Obama in 2011. I guess he said Washington will consider using conventional weaponry in response to a cyber attack on the United States, according to a new U.S. strategy. And that was reported by The Telegraph. Uh, if the United States defines currency wars attacks as cyber attacks, then we may have just witnessed the first application of this new doctrine, where electronic attacks are met with kinetic, rod-of-God responses from the Pentagon. Yeah, could be. It sure looks that way. Let us hope this doesn't escalate further. Or America will likely find itself on the uh, losing side of any war involving economics. Well, did it just escalate? Okay, this story, this report just broke 
um, literally, like, right before I was going to start the study, I just, I said, ah, I'm going to check the news one more time. And I did, and I found this. This is the top report on Drudge right now, breaking huge explosions at the U.S. Army base in Japan. Now, who does China hate? They hate Japan, and they hate America, okay? And this happened to be at a U.S. Army base in Japan. So it's like they're killing two birds with one stone. As warehouse burns and emergency services rush to the scene, there have been huge explosions at a U.S. Army base in Japan. Helicopters have been spotted circling the area as emergency services rush to the scene at Sagamihara City, south of Tokyo. And here's a link here, live updates, huge explosions at the U.S. Army base in Japan. I'm just going to click on this thing now to see if there's any more new things here. Um, no. No, it doesn't look like there's been any. But U.S. Army base in Japan. And, the, and now you can watch the video. It's almost two minutes long. I mean, these are some, these are some big explosions. They're filming it kind of from afar, but... You mean you can hear the explosions, you can see stuff happening, going on, and this is at our own American Army base there. So, whether this is, it seems highly likely to me that this is China's first response to if this was an American kinetic-based attack on them in retaliation for um, this devaluation of, of the yuan prior to a... Um, economic collapse of the dollar or trying to precipitate that well it all seems like this may be be uh, escalating now here's the next report and it's entitled chinese retaliation for tianjin would kill 90 percent of all americans potentially the tianjin explosion was waged as an act of war by the united states in response to china's currency war with the subsequent yuan devaluation according to dissident sources from mainland china um and China, through their newfound ally Russia, is one of the biggest holders of EMP weapons as their proxy puppet state North Korea, as is their proxy puppet state North Korea. There will be payback, not so coincidentally, and again, did we already start to see the, the first signs of that payback with this thing in Japan. Um, not so coincidentally, North Korea has once again threatened to attack the United States. Now they're saber-rattling as well. Many have speculated that no such attack will ever take place because China effectively owns the United States through debt holdings and consequently would never unleash such an attack. However, if the Tianjin event is the beginning of a war between China and the United States, such a consideration would quickly go out the window because both nations would be involved in a war for survival. Further, if such a war were to commence, this would explain why the elite are increasingly preparing fortified underground bunkers which would withstand both nuclear and standalone EMP attacks. I mean, just the headlines alone right now that I'm seeing alternative media. It's just one after another after another. Seeing how the elite are all preparing to bug out, how we're on the verge of a currency collapse, how, you know, all of this is escalating between China and the United States and this currency war. I mean, just one story after another. Uh, next report, Chinese game plan for attacking America. Based on what I've, and this is, this is uh, Mike Adams again, based on what I've learned from multiple sources, the Chinese game plan for America consists of a triple-layered simultaneous surprise attack, an electronic Pearl Harbor, 
as described below. For the, for the record, this information is gleaned from a combination of things I've been told, things I've read, and the exercising of connecting the dots logic that anticipates likely tactical moves targeting the United States. Here's a triple-layer assault that America may soon face. Number one, an attack on the dollar and the U.S. debt instruments. Okay, we're already starting to see that, obviously. Number two, a massive cyber warfare attack on the U.S. infrastructure. And we're going to get into these individually, what they mean. Uh, and number three, an attack on the U.S. military satellites to maximize the disruption of military communications, banking transactions, emergency services, and other systems that depend on satellite communications. Um, okay, so what does number one mean? An attack on the U.S. dollar and U.S. debt. China is gearing up to announce its own gold-backed currency. Again, like I said, they've had billboards now probably for months and, <laughs> you know, about this. Uh, this will be, and they're... they're they're buying up and have been buying up gold at an unprecedented rate, China has been. China's gearing up um, for to announce its own gold-backed currency. This will be accompanied by fire sale of U.S. debt on the global market, driving up U.S. borrowing costs across the globe, thereby accelerating the America's Ponzi-style debt demise. The primary leverage point here is to destroy the faith in the dollar and the credit rating of the U.S. Treasury. At the same time, the yuan is declared to be backed by gold, which the Chinese government has been secretly accumulating to the tune of thousands of tons over the last 15 years or so. Uh, don't believe the official numbers of reported gold holdings. They're intentionally misleading. The recent 1.9% devaluation of the yuan, followed by two additional devaluations of totaling over 4%, um, was merely a small tactical move in a much larger battle a battle in which China is holding all the cards and most of the gold. By devaluing the yuan, China is destroying the economic foundation of America's manufacturing industry, creating widespread bankruptcies and unemployment across the USA, which is heavily dependent on imports from China for its mass consumerism society. America's uh, primary fiscal vulnerability is that it remains a nation drowning in debt, mounting up somewhere of $18 trillion so far, which about half of which is under the Obama regime alone. The Federal Reserve has indirect, indirectly resorted to printing money um, to pay the interest on the debt, quantitative easing, thereby compounding the debt acceleration, i.e. the Fed prints money to buy up the Treasury's debt instruments. Once China unleashes its full assault on the dollar, America will have little choice but to begin radically debasing its own currency through large-scale quantitative easing, which is one of one of the gentlemen just said that we heard interviewed, um, which is approaching two trillion per year as it is this quantitative easing. From here, meaning basically just printing money out of thin air with nothing backing it. Okay, and the fact you know it's just going to continue to devalue the dollar the more that that happens. In essence, America has placed itself in a position of extreme financial vulnerability, and all the enemy nation has to do. To achieve the slightest disruption of the entire financial house of cards, unleashing a self-reinforcing financial cascade of doom. Now, the second thing he talked about is a massive cyber warfare attack on the U.S. infrastructure. Although the existence of the Chinese Cyber Warfare Army Division of the PLA has been uh, has been covered in the U.S. media, the full extent of its capabilities have never been accurately accurately revealed. What's not being publicly discussed is the fact that China's present-day hack attacks are merely probing attacks primarily designed to identify vulnerabilities and gather information. Kind of like what ISIS is doing. 
where they're probing our defenses in there in there well we're going to get into that next about what they're doing how they're doing a very similar thing probing our defenses um, however, China is currently holding back and intentionally not trying to showcase its full capabilities, nor does it wish to reveal the infrastructure targets it has already compromised, like water facilities, nuclear power plants, city infrastructure, telecommunications, refineries, etc. All these infrastructure hubs will be simultaneously targeted during the primary attack. Ugh, that's bad news. Based on what I've researched so far, the end game strategy of the PLA is to coordinate a massive cyber attack wave against America at the same time China announces its cold back currency while denouncing the dollar. The two attacks are mutually reinforcing and devastating. In other words, the effect of each one amplifies the effectiveness of the other strategy. U.S. infrastructure chaos, in other words, is more devastating when combined with a sudden collapse in the faith of the dollar with all the obvious impacts across banking and commerce, Wall Street, etc. In a military strategy language, we often hear the term asymmetrical warfare, which usually refers to a terror-style attacks achieving a seemingly disproportionate psychological or tactical impact of, on the target population. However, China's cyber warfare strategy goes far beyond asymmetrical warfare. They are gearing up to unleash what can only be called computational amplified warfare, which relies simultaneously on the power of computational prowess on the attacking side and the rapid collapse of computational weakness on the target side to achieve speed of light domination over the relative field of battle, which is now in the realm of interconnected computers rather than cities, roads, and bridges. Likely targets of this computational amplified warfare include, and this, this one's really bad, nuclear power plants, first one. Um, water pumping stations, meaning these are all controlled through computers, and if they can hack those and disable those, well, you could have nuclear meltdowns going going off all over America, which would be like a mega, mega game over scenario. Look at Fukushima. If you had things melting down in all of these plethora and multitude of power plants across america i mean <laughs> yeah only the hand of god could could rescue you know uh, that you know that scenario really once it got to a certain point uh, also targeting water pumping stations and treatment facilities transportation and logistic companies oil refineries credit card processors and uh, transactional commerce hubs Hospitals and clinics, all of these are controlled to a large extent by computers. Emergency responders, fire stations, police, sheriff's, sheriff's officers, offices, government agencies, regulators and coordinators, military organizations and weapons suppliers, communication hubs including satellites and point-to-point ground-based transmission networks. If you consider that cyber attacks may succeed against some percentage of these targets at the same time china is selling off u.s debt denouncing the dollar and disrupting financial transactions nationwide you begin to get a sense of the total social chaos that could be unleashed through such an attack then there's then there's the third point which is an attack on u.s military satellites which would control a ton of these computers or at least interface with them Satellites are fragile things. Destroying them does not take much in terms of actual mass. It only takes targeting capabilities to direct small mass objects into the orbital trajectory of the satellite itself. 
This is surprisingly easy to accomplish by any nation that possesses orbital launch capabilities. Communication satellites move in predictable orbits with only minor deviations. Intersecting those orbits with small pellets of tungsten moving at ridiculously high velocities is a very easy thing for any advanced nation to achieve. Because impact energy equals mass times velocity squared, even very small pellets of mass can shred satellites upon impact. Um, they're saying tungsten would be a good thing to use because it's cheap and it has a very high density per volume. An obvious military strategy for America's enemies would be to destroy U.S. military and communication satellites at the same time the cyber war and the currency war is launched. Oh man, we'd be so toast if all this happened at the same time. Cutting off satellite communications will paralyze the U.S. military, shut down banking transactions, and cripple much of the nation's transactional and media infrastructure. The aim is to cause maximum confusion and, and disruption, shock and awe, or rev chaos. Um, at the same time that stocks are crashing, banks are bleeding, and the debt instruments are collapsing. From China's point of view, it also doesn't hurt that such an attack would likely disable the national EBT card transaction system sending nearly 50 million Americans into mass riots across America, major cities, demanding their government food stamps and money. I mean, you, we, none of us can even properly, possibly imagine what this scenario would be like. But how fragile things are. See, back in the 30s, when we had, or 1928, into the 30s, stock market crash, you didn't have all of this dependency and this interconnection upon satellites and on computers and on all these things that were totally dependent upon they didn't have nuclear power plants back then they didn't have water plants that were controlled by computers everything was manual everything was like you know done through manual means and, and, and gauges and, and hard you know now none of it's that way so you it's just hard to even comprehend what a mess, what a, a mess this would be or, or could turn into. In addition, China obviously hopes to destroy the Pentagon's secret space based weapons like this Rod of God orbital weapon, which are now believed to have rained down kinetic um, HELL upon Tianjin as a war against currency manipulations. While such satellites may be devastating weapons against immobile ground targets, they have no defenses against orbital projectiles. Um, all the Pentagon satellites ultimately are sitting ducks in orbit. And as it turns out, it's far easier to destroy satellites than to build them. So China's strategy of destroying satellites is bound to outpace America's ability to replace them. The destruction of satellites is also the benefit, from China's point of view, of polluting orbital paths with space debris, effectively creating no-fly zones at high Earth orbit. Any object crossing into such a zone is likely to be obliterated by debris. Um, so, what are these new rules of warfare? What we're witnessing in all this is a reflection of the new rules of warfare because today's nations are built on fragile, delusional systems of debt, propaganda, and computers. Everything's connected there. They are easily toppled via unconventional means that don't resemble the historical tools of conventional warfare. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Specifically, you no longer have to drop bombs on a nation to shut down its factories, as was the case in World War II. Instead, you only have to control the programs that run the factories, the computer programs, or disrupt the commerce that financially supports the factories. Similarly, if you can shut down the power grid that feeds the factories, they're as good as dead. 
much of America today is running on faith, which is really delusion and not economic reality. So China knows that bringing the nation to its knees does not require conventional bombardment. It merely requires sufficient disruption to collapse that faith. Once that faith collapses, the collapse of everything else follows. China merely needs to create enough disruption so that the average American witnesses undeniable evidence that they've been lied to about the strength of the dollar, the solidity of the government, and the safety of bond investments, and so on. So that's the kind of precarious position that really, in a way, we're all in, no matter where you're at listening to this, um, but particularly in America, because they seem to be in the crosshairs here more than any other uh, uh, country. So I'm going to add to this by playing some, some video clips here. And the first one, and I'm not endorsing Glenn Beck, but he makes some good points here. Glenn Beck claims that, that the dollar will no longer be the world's reserve currency. Now, this is mainstream, I guess, I don't know if you want to refer to this as alternative media saying this at this point. So um, we'll go ahead and play this. You know what it is? Can anybody else explain this? What did he just do? It's funny, too, because remember I had said before about that ultrasonic diffuser? I think he's got one going here right next to him. And, man, that thing's putting out a lot of, a lot of, um, it's not essential oils. It's water vapor mixed with essential oils, but he's got one right next to him here. Let me get the volume up here a little bit. He, uh, I thought, my thought was he realizes that that's a real possibility and now he has something to blame it on when it happens. Yeah, that was mine, too. Anybody call Goldline lately? <laughs> That's not even a paid commercial. No. <laughs> Seriously. You now have mm. a State Department, a top administration official, yeah. actually declaring that the dollar, the U.S. dollar, will no longer be the world's currency. This is John, a, a quote from um, uh, John Kerry, a, a quote from him recently. Because of something that there is no way that has anything to do with it. And when no it way. happens, he'll say, I told you. I told you. I told you that's what was going to happen. You, you. To me, that says something additional. We are closer to the end of the reserve currency sat- status than I thought. Hmm. Maybe. Is that Remember it? what I've said before. The, America has been the world's reserve currency for a long time. And when that is depegged, when, when the yuan, the re, yuan renminbi takes that over and it's gold-backed, Man, it's like the perfect storm of just, and that's a big reason and one of the only reasons why the U.S. dollar has still been as strong as it's been is because it it, it was has been the world's reserve currency and that's been slowly being unraveled over time here, and that's that's the scenario we we find ourselves in. It's a seemingly random time. Random yes, time. What a weird. What, how does time. how does wait a minute? How does not going for a deal get us to the place to where our dollar is not the reserve currency. Well, I'll tell you how, uh, Glenn, thank you for asking the question. I'm glad you brought it up. It's because the Chinese, we have to sign on to this deal. The Chinese are, have signed on to this deal. And then we're going to lose our credibility with them. And that's, they're not buying, excuse me. That's in turn going to cause they, They're not to, buying any of our, our dollar. They're not, they're not buying any of our debt. Well, I meant the, the Zimbabweans, too. They're, <laughs> they're, not they're all over this deal, and they yeah, won't. Yeah, no. They're not. Well, what about the people in Australia? <laughs> How will they feel about it? 
<laughs> We're going to lose our credibility, Glenn. <laughs> is it po- That's all I'm trying to say. Is it possible? I mean, considering how bad uh, nego- uh, you know, in negotiations these guys are, is it possible that they that was a precondition? Essentially, they said, if you don't do this, we're going to drop, we're going to make sure and push for Ooh, the China, West, China and, and Russia. And Russia. Where they push for that to go away, that status to go away around the world. I mean, yeah, I mean if that I, happened, I don't know. then we're at war with China and Russia. Which is what? That's, ter- that's economic terrorism. Which is what our president, Barack Obama, said we would be at war if it didn't pass, right? Correct. I mean, if that's true then somebody should have come to the table. He should say that and back it up with the evidence. What is, why? Where is the media asking, what the hell does that even mean? Yeah, how'd you make that? How do you make that leap? That is a significant, we should play that again tomorrow. We should play that as much as we can. We should post that. We should post that on Facebook and let people see and hear that. That's really important. For him to say that, that is a very big deal. Remember, I said that the United States dollar would not be the world currency, would no longer be the economic reserve currency. What did they say about me? You were nuts. Why? It would never, never happen. happen. Nothing. I w- I've been a kook for seven years for saying that. Now you have the, the head of the State Department coming out and saying, if you don't go with that vote, the dollar will lose its reserve currency. So you understand, America, what that means, because America doesn't understand this. If you lose your reserve currency, what everybody does is currently, instead of holding gold, they hold dollars in their bank. That's their dollar. Uh, that's their gold, okay? So they can stay afloat because they have, you know... Um, A hundred billion dollars, literally a hundred billion dollars, not digits, actual cash in a bank. They hold it in their treasury. If they say, you know what, I'm going to get rid of these dollars and I'm going to go with the ruble or I'm going to go with the Chinese or I'm going to whatever. I'm going to go with gold. If they do that, when the world says I'm no longer holding the dollar, they sell those dollars and buy something with it. So they say, I want to buy the yuan, the Chinese yuan. I'm going to buy $100 billion of the Chinese yuan. They take that money and give it to the Chinese. They buy it with that. All this money, all this cash, is now in the system that had been locked up in vaults. You have hyperinflation overnight it means you don't have you have plenty of money it means every dollar you have earned every dime you have in the bank is suddenly worthless we are zimbabwe overnight because you won't be able to get your money out of the bank even even if it was devalued 80 percent overnight you won't be able to get to it because there'll be such a run on the banks which is what i've been warning about for years People have to understand what he just said. That is shocking. Okay, so that was that was what the uh, Glenn Beck said. Now here's another report. Uh, Gregory Mar- Marinario, um, a really good guy. I really like this guy. Uh, situation critical. 
former Fed chair warning of debt bubble. Um, we're going to uh, see what Greg has to say here. Hey everybody, it's me, Greg Manorino, Hawaii Today. It is Wednesday, August 19th, 2015. Friends, before I even get started, let me just say this. This particular video that I'm about to do may be the most important that I have ever done. I'm going to cover some very important things here. Um, a cascade of events are occurring, uh, which we need to talk about, and it's being backed up by some pretty lofty people out here. Let's start with this. Um, for years now, I have been out here talking about the dangers posed by this global debt bubble that we are in here right now. It is an insurmountable issue, which is not just a financial problem. This is a resource issue, people, a resource problem. The debt-based economic model that we currently have, all of the world's developed nations have adopted, demands that debt be borrowed into existence in perpetuity. It can never, ever stop. This is why we have this gargantuan bubble in debt which is going to swallow the earth beyond any shadow of any doubt. Now, I have put this into the perspective that this is the greatest threat to humankind, bar none. Bar none. Why? Because this is not just a financial problem. This is a resource issue. And when this debt bubble bursts, and it is going to burst, it is a mathematical certainty, we are going to have a mass loss of human life on a global scale, that is going to be biblical. Biblical. Now, this is where this gets very, very interesting. We heard from none other than Federal Reserve Chairperson, former Chairperson, Alan Greenspan. Alan Greenspan himself is coming out warning of this debt bubble. I think he's a little bit behind the curve or um, there's something else going on here. Understand, these types of people cannot just come out and say these things. Uh, and there's a reason for that. They can start a global panic. But the reason why um, most people are going to disregard this is because they do not understand the correlation between the debt and the human population on Earth. There is a direct correlation here, people. Look it up for yourselves. And we have borrowed cash from the future to sustain the now. We have seen a population boom rise in tandem with the debt. And when the debt bubble bursts, we're going to get a correction in human life as well. This is, and this is a mathematical certainty. This is going to happen. Now, again, we have... By a correction in human life, he means a massive amount of people dying. Former Federal Reserve Chairperson Alan Greenspan warning of a debt bubble. Of a debt bubble. So what is that telling us? It's going to burst, people. We know one thing about these kinds of thing, bubbles, and I've gone over it a million times, but I'll reiterate here. Every single one of these bubbles has burst throughout history without exception. Why? Because they rise a bubble level that can be sustained by any means. We have runaway world central banks who continue to find reasons, to find reasons, including starting wars, to keep borrowing cash into existence, to keep the bubble suspended. Understand why? Because the ramifications of this bubble bursting are too terrible to contemplate. Again, it's a human resource issue, so that means a human life issue. You understand? Okay. 
So, despite the fact that former <laughs> Fed chairperson Alan Greenspan is coming out, warning now of a debt bubble, I'm going to place links to his article right down here in the description of this video, into uh, the comment section. It's getting almost no media coverage, almost no media coverage. And again, the silence of it all is deafening. You understand? So, there have been many people throughout the years, and I've been out here warning about this debt problem, how it's a resource issue. Before anyone else, before anyone else on earth, I believe, analysts, uh, started coming out, I believe I have the loudest voice out here trying to forewarn people of what is going to come. Now, all of us, you out there who have been with me for years, um, you're probably taking a lot of heat about this this concept of the debt bubble. Uh, I've taken a lot of heat, heat about it. I've had entire channels uh, out there uh, by people who have no concept of this uh, trying to downplay me personally and, and this concept. Now, we have all been vindicated. Vindicated when you have someone like Alan Greenspan coming out warning about this debt bubble. Now, why this carries so much weight? Not not just because this guy is a formal Federal Reserve Chair, is this, and I want to bring this to light with regard to Mr. Greenspan, that is this, right at the top of the housing bubble, the 2008 event, Alan Greenspan was warning of it. Uh, he, he had said specifically that the housing market looked frothy. He repeated that over and over again. Everyone laughed about it. They laughed him off. They blew him off. They didn't believe it. Uh, and we understand what happened. It turned into the, uh, the event of our lifetimes, the housing bubble bursting, the credit bubble bursting. We've seen how desperate world central banks have gotten to reinflate these bubbles again because it's the mechanism of the system, people, the mechanism of the system. Just yesterday, we heard from Federal Reserve Vice President Stephen Williamson, who was talking about how quantitative easing didn't work, it was a failure, it did nothing to help the economy, all it did was inflate a stock market bubble. What he's trying to say as well is inflated the debt bubble. He didn't say that, but that's the truth. That's what's had boosted stocks here. So understand, we are at a critical juncture right now, in my opinion, we have someone like Alan Greenspan now warning about this debt bubble, something I've been talking about for years now. If you follow this blog, you know that I am not pulling this out of thin air. This is a fact. I've written articles about this. I've been interviewed about it hundreds and hundreds of times, uh, taking a lot of flack for it. Well, now all these people out there have another target. It's called, and his name is Alan Greenspan. So let's see all these naysayers try to disprove a, a former Federal Reserve chair. So we're starting to see a pattern here. We have Alan Greenspan coming out warning about this debt bubble now. Yesterday we had a, the Federal Reserve a vice chairperson come out talking about how QE has not worked. So you can see where this is all going, people. It is um, really incredible and, and, and dangerous. And again, understand the ramifications of, of what Alan Greenspan is saying here. When the debt bubble bursts, resources will not be available because we can't borrow that cash from the future anymore. Millions of people globally are going to die. Um, this is no secret to our government who has been preparing for this 
for many, many years. This is why we are number one, one nation under surveillance. They realize where this is going. Number two, why they want to confiscate weapons. There was going to be pandemonium in the streets right in front of your house, even if you live in Beverly Hills uh, here in the United States. I don't care where you live. This is a problem where the zombies out there who have been brainwashed to believe that everything is okay. They're going to wake up and rise up. And we're starting to see this already. Um, the world will become Baltimore um, when this whole thing unfolds. Let me just talk about a few other things that are occurring here. I wrote an article just yesterday on Seeking Alpha talking about where this market looked like it was going to be headed today. Uh, and I was spot on again. Uh, I, I made money here while everyone else is losing cash here. And for all of you out there that got in on those trades, congratulations once again. Uh, check out my Seeking Alpha blog if you have not seen that. Um, so... Really, people, what I want you all to understand is we are now, um, beyond any doubt, when you have Alan Greenspan coming out here now warning of this debt bubble issue, um, I think there's a credibility uh, issue developing here. The Federal Reserve minutes that came out today, uh, again, reiterated what I've been saying for a long time. Uh, the Federal Reserve cannot raise rates. They won't raise rates here again. Why? It's the mechanism of the system. And when, it, when, when a, uh, a central bank is so desperate that they have to institute quantitative easing to keep everything propped up, it can never stop. And despite the fact, and I've been over this many times, that the Federal Reserve has stated publicly that they have stopped quantitative easing, they have never, ever stopped quantitative easing. And how do we know that's true? We can see this. We can actually see this several ways. Um, it's no secret that at least, since at least 2012, the Federal Reserve has been requiring the banks, the commercial banks, to buy debt. In other words, instead of inflating their balance sheet anymore, they're inflating the bank's balance sheet with debt, a toxic asset that can never be paid back. And if you have your cash in one of these commercial banks, you're being exposed to it. So you can imagine what's going to happen to your cash when all of this melts down. So. That is uh, number one here. Number two, how else can we tell that the Federal Reserve uh, is, is still buying bonds? Just look at the interest rates, people. Uh, the Federal Reserve cannot just come out and say they're going to keep interest rates low. They have to get into the market and make it happen. That means they're buying bonds. You got it? This, look, this is very simple stuff here, but most people haven't the slightest clue, and I mean zero, uh, of how this whole thing works. But if you follow this blog, you've been following my work all these years, Okay, so that's all we have time for for part uh, two. We're going to go ahead and uh, continue this in part three. So God bless you, and we'll see you in part three.